Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 127 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, and I am super thrilled that you're here with me today. Today, I'm talking to W.L. Hawken, who is just dreamy. You're going to love hearing from her. We met at a conference and we immediately bonded. Um, She knows a lot about a lot. So stay tuned for that. You will be inspired by her. I know this in a little bit of a catch up. um, Seems like a lot of stuff's been going on around here. I got um, tentative good news. Um, on the book front, on a book front, which I cannot talk about and probably won't be able to talk about for a long time. And I hate those kind of teases, but, um, basically something happened that means I can go on writing the book I wanted to write. So that's a good thing. I was going to anyway, but, uh, but now there's, um, a little bit stronger of a reason to do so. And I'm also super loving writing this passion project that has, um, no goal, really, except to be fun. And it is so fun. I've been getting like an easy 4,000 words when I sit down to write it, which is never the case with me in a first draft. Um, usually I'm eking out 2,000 words on a first draft during a day. Today's, I mean, not today, uh, just recently it's been like 4K every time I sit down. Uh, knock wood, that keeps going. But um, huh, it's fun to write when you're actually loving what you're writing, eh? So that's great. Also great, uh, just want to mention real quickly that yesterday was my third anniversary of full-time employment as a full-time writer. So <laughs> we can go back to the podcast. When it started, I um, was not sure that I would make it this far. I really wasn't. I had every hope in the world, but I'm also pretty pragmatic and um, I am not above going out and getting a job if I need to get a job. And so far, I haven't needed to, which really feels great. And if I have to go get a job next week, yes, I will be bummed. And then guess what? I'll just do it um, because life is life. But it feels wonderful. I don't take any of it for granted. I wrote a blog post about it yesterday. Um, I feel grateful every day. I feel like part of my job as a human being, number one, and as a person who has this dream lifestyle job, um, I feel like it's part of my job to be grateful. It's literally a job requirement. And if I don't have that gratitude, what the hell is the point? Am I right? Um, so I'm just thinking a lot about how stoked I am that I'm still standing three years later. And this is something I also shared in that blog post and on on the socials was that last week I went to get my taxes done. I think I um, recorded this before I went and told you about Katie at Dun.Tax, who is fantastic and love her. And I was sitting with her before we went out to lunch and she was doing my taxes. And she said, oh my God, you broke six figures. And I said, no, I didn't. I 
think I mean, I'm recalling roughly, but I think I made $84,000. It's all in that first episode of the new year of, of 2019. I talked about everything that I made and how I made it. And I believe it was about $84,000. I thought that's why Katie's the tax person and not me. I had actually only counted net revenue from my retreats and not gross. Um, so in terms of gross numbers, I broke six figures, which is insane to me. That is so freaking cool. Um, and then I wrote in the blog post and I've already got a couple comments of people who appreciate this. I said that after expenses, which were high, um, in terms of like retreats, you, you know, here's $15,000 for the hotel rental. Here's $10,000 for this or that. So, um, in terms of what I paid, uh, two taxes and, um, after write-offs, I brought home about $42,000. So that's, also fantastic. Um, because I always wonder, you know, when people talk about, you know, making high numbers or seven figure income, how much of that, sir, are you paying to Facebook ads or AMS ads? Uh, I was a lazy ass last year and only did less than $3,000 worth of advertising. Um, and I think all of it was on AMS. I don't even think I touched Facebook last year, um, in 2018. <laughs> Haven't touched either of them in 2019 so far. So I better get on that. But, um, yeah, so $42,000, I need to net bring in $36,000 a year in order to make up my half of the mortgage. You know, we have a really high mortgage. We live in the Bay Area. Um, so it's not really high. It's $3,200. I don't know if that's really high. That's just a Bay Area mortgage. Um, and you know that I like talking about money and I like being transparent with money and I like you guys knowing what can be done. And I like knowing that people are doing a lot better than I am. And that gives me something to work toward. But um, yes, I thought that was pretty cool to find out during the week that it was my third anniversary of being a full-time writer without a day job. I did leave more than a six-figure income to come do this. So I... It, it feels good. That's all I'm saying. It feels pretty darn good. So that's about all I've been doing over here. Just um, writing a lot, teaching a lot, um, having a pretty darn good time, feeling pretty darn healthy. I have lost a little weight since my pre-diabetic scare. Um, I am not pre-diabetic. Do not eat three Cadbury cream eggs an hour before you get a cholesterol test. That's my lesson learned. Um, but I have lost a little bit of weight and... I was trying to, so that's good. I want to make sure I remain non-pre-diabetic. And uh, a lovely man who I'm very good friends with yesterday <laughs> said, he's a, he's a little old man. And I really adore little old men. They are basically my favorite kind of people. And he said, he said, have you lost some weight? And I said, well, yes, I have. And <laughs> he says, yeah, your face looks way better. <laughs> Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Um, yeah, so everything else is going great. I am going to let us jump right into the conversation with W.L. Hawk. And I know you're
you're going to love it. And in the meantime, please come over to, to howdoyouwrite.net and leave a comment about the show or join my Slack group, which has just been going great guns. People are posting what they're writing, what they're writing about. It's super fun over there. Please join. The link will be in the show notes at howdoyouwrite.net. Come join and get your writing done. Don't just listen to podcasts about writing. Do some so that then um, if you're driving in the car, you can flip me the bird while you're driving. When I say to get your writing done instead of listening to podcasts, you can flip me the bird and say, Rachel, I already have. So shut up and that'll feel good. So um, I hope that you enjoy your writing and let me know all about it. We'll talk to you soon. Have you been sending out that perfect query letter and hearing crickets? Well, did you know that I am the Query Letter Whisperer? I honestly love to work on them and they get results. Lorena Hughes, the award-winning author of The Sisters of Alameda Street says, with just a few clever tweaks, Rachel Heron transformed my long and wordy proposal into a sharp query letter that got me agent requests the very next day. I honestly live for fixing query letters. They're like puzzles in my brain. What I do is I overhaul the good drafting that you've already done. I don't write the rough draft for you. I do rearrange your ideas into exactly what the industry expects and responds to for the low, low price of 100 bucks. If you're interested, just go to rachelherron.com slash query and see more information and more testimonials from satisfied clients. Now onto the interview. Okay. Well, I could not be more pleased to wel- welcome W.L. Hawken to the show today. Hello, Wendy. Hi, Rachel. I'm so excited to talk to you. We met at a, at the book signing at Surrey International Writers Conference. And it was so wonderful just to sit down next to you and find a kindred spirit because those kind of things can be a little soul crushing. It was perfect. Hawken and Heron, there we were at the same table. Exactly. It was great. Wonderful. Let me give you a little introduction before we get into it. W.L. Hawken writes edgy urban fantasy with with a twist of murder. Her Hollystone Mysteries series features a coven of Vancouver witches who solve murders using their wits and ritual magic, along with a little help from the gods. Wendy is also a published blogger, book reviewer, indie publisher, and poet with a background in indigenous studies and English literature. She loves mythology and magic and is currently studying druidry and mediumship. Fascinating. A blow-in from Ontario, she's made British Columbia her home. And although she's an introvert in each book, her characters embark on a heroic journey where she has traveled herself. I really love that last line. I think that says a lot about who you are as a writer and a person, that you don't take the characters on trips you haven't made yourself. No, it's, uh, it's something I have to do. And also as an introvert, it's a really good excuse for me to actually have to go somewhere. (laughs) Heck yeah, because right where I'm sitting is where I want to stay always. (laughs) I never never want to leave the house ever. (laughs) Yeah. So every year it's like, where do I need to research this year? Let me see what, and I also like to work when I'm away. I don't like to be a tourist. So if I'm going to go somewhere, I need to have a purpose to go and that's what ends up happening as a book. When you say work, personally, I can't, I'm, well, I can't is a strong word, but I have a hard time sometimes writing new fiction when I'm traveling. Are you doing research or are you sometimes actually writing new words? No, I'm, I'm mostly doing research. Yeah. Like going, going somewhere yeah. and 
sitting on the top of a hill looking around at my kingdom or whatever it is. Taking copious notes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So you have a bunch of books. I would love to talk to you about your process. How do you get the work done on a consistent basis? What does that look like to you in your life? It's changed over the years. So when I first started, I was teaching full time and I basically wrote the first one, this one, um, on weekends and holidays. And I, and I wrote it basically to cope with the stress of being a teacher. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty out there because I wanted, it was, it was my escape into a whole other, into a whole other world, you know? And so that took several years. And then the second one was a little bit faster. And then the third one, just, I, I retired from my go out there teaching job and, uh, the third one I wrote in a year and I'm an INFP. I don't know if, you know, you're an, familiar with this. I'm an ENFJ. Okay. So, well, I'm okay. an, or an I, I'm, I'm, I'm really an ambivert, but they classify, <laughs> they classify me as an extrovert, but I don't believe it. <laughs> okay. So, so an INFP is an introverted, intuitive feeling, perceiving person. So I don't say, Oh, I'm going to write this many words per day. I, I write when I, I feel like I've got something to say Mm -hmm. and sometimes I don't write for a few days and sometimes I'll like write for eight hours. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Just like, it depends what's happening. I'll just be like focused and I write a lot when I'm walking on the trails. How do you do it? Tell me, tell me the details of how you get that done. Is it, are you using your phone? I listen to conversations. Explain. Yeah. No, no, not, no, not in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. other people's conversations. <laughs> They're never as good as what's no, going on. No, no, in my no. Head. How do you how do you capture them? They just stay with me, especially oh. with the 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 ones that are the two guys that are in these three books that kind of um, have the relationship. They they would just chatter on and talk, and and the whole thing just comes together while I'm out there. And then do you come home and capture it on the computer when you get home and it's still yes. there in your head? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fabulous. Yes. I, yes. I wish that would happen to me. I, I, I have great ideas and four minutes longer, they've been lost with my grocery list, you know? <laughs> right. Well, and then the other day I had a lullaby because I'm writing a completely new book now. Mm. So I had this lullaby come and I actually was together enough to get out the uh, the audio file and, and did it. I just listened to it. I'm like, okay, I would not have remembered that. Isn't that so, beautiful though, that you caught yeah. that? Yeah. And did that come to you while you were walking as well? Walking, yeah. Nature's have, the thing for me. Have you ever written songs before? Yes. Oh, cool. Yes, I did. I, I started out as a poet and then I'm a musician. So then I wrote songs and, um, and then I just kind of started writing novels because I wanted to see if I could. And now it's turned into a, I can't stop writing novels <laughs> kind of thing. Turns out you can write novels. <laughs> yes. Yes. So what is your biggest challenge when it comes to doing the writing? It's the marketing. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. The, the writing, I can do the writing. I, that comes really easily for me. It's, it's having books and then having them sitting here and not telling anybody about it. It's part so, of the introverted side of us, I think. Exactly. So I'm actually thinking I, I need to write a book called Mark or the introverted writer. That's oh, what I'm saying. You should do that. 
Yeah, because I think I'm not alone in that. <laughs> you are not. <laughs> that there are so many introverted writers who have these great books out there, but they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to go anywhere to to sell it, right? You know what I love yeah. about that too is that you would be teaching yourself first and foremost, mm-hmm. and then you would have to market that book. <laughs> yes. It would be yes. Very, it would be very meta. And <laughs> I hope that yeah. you write it. And when you do, please come back on the show and tell everybody about I will. it because Thank we you. will we will need to have that. What is your biggest joy in your writing? Oh, when people tell me they like what I wrote, <laughs> yeah. for one thing. Um, and that's always great when they're like, oh, I, oh, I stayed up. I loved what you wrote. That was great. Or I related to it. And I think also when you go back and you read something, you go, oh my God, that was really good. Like when you wrote my bio, when you just read my bio, it's like, wow, who that's wrote me. that? <laughs> and it's beautiful. That last line is really, really meaningful. And, and I think that bios a lot of times are a little bit tongue in cheek or they're very, um, serious. And yours has your writing voice in it, which I think is a hard thing to capture. Mm-hmm. So you should be impressed by that. <laughs> That's fabulous. Can you share a craft tip of any sort with us? A craft tip. I think, um, well, I just did a workshop on structuring your novel using the hero's journey. Oh, let's and, talk about that. Yeah. And, and I really love Joseph Campbell's work. I've been a big fan of his forever since 1990, actually when I first picked up the power of myth. And so Chris Vogler's what he's done with it, it makes it so accessible. Mm. So his is called the writer's journey. Mm-hmm. And, and he takes that and it makes it into something that you can actually use. So what I did is I took it and I, yeah, I basically turned it into a kind of a Prezi uh, thing and, and talked about, and showed films of the different stages of the hero's journey and then talked about how you can build your plot using it. Mm. it. It works great. I love that because I've always been so attracted to the Joseph Campbell, but unable to kind of harness it. Mm-hmm. So I think I should pick up the writer's journey. That that sounds wonderful. Yes. So when we're talking about the hero's journey and archetypal images like that and and ideas you and I I I, when we were sitting together I I, for some reason I just asked you I said do you do tarot and you reached down in your bag and you pulled out a tarot deck and you did a great little reading for me and for yourself and it was so much fun um do you use because because I think you know the archetype is through the tarot too and you know I'm so into tarot now do you use that also when you're writing Okay, hold on to your seat for a minute. <laughs> I was good. This is my second tip. Can you see this? It, Archetype it, cards. I don't know this. Tell me about okay, this. Okay, so this is this is Carolyn Miss. Okay, and these I actually use these for writing for characters. So there's all kinds of cards here. Like this one is victim. Can you see that? Yes, this is fabulous. So there's virgin. There's all, so what I do is when I get my characters start to happen, I take the cards out and I put them all over the place and I match the characters up to the archetypes. And it's a fun game too. That is so awesome. Yeah, these are really great. And tell us the name of that set again. It's just a- This is called- Archetype Cards. It's by Carolyn Miss and it's it's 80 card deck and it's archetype cards. Uh, That's kind of exactly what I have been needing. 
I know. See, it's energy work. It's all about energy work. <laughs> it is. And I was just talking to um, Jay Thorne, my partner on the writer as well, about tarot cards and how, or, or any kind of these kind of cards and how they are a direct line into your subconscious. And um, I mentioned how I'm working on this book right now. And I pulled a card this morning because I needed some help with, with this character is or what this book is and i got um um okay remember what it is what's the card of deception seven of Mm. seven of swords i think it is um that would be it i would think yeah yeah and and i realized oh you know am i deceiving myself about this book and then i realized no i think that this character needs to be a deceiver and Mm. i hadn't thought that about her but but in using energy and intuition and all that i could have easily my gut could have also said, oh, this character needs to be truthful and a non-deceiver. But I know in my gut that it's the deceiving that I need to focus on. So I can see using that with the archetype cards, you know, pulling the virgin and going, what, is, what does this mean about my character? Oh, mm-hmm. and expanding upon that. I'm going to totally get that. So your character might be a trickster. Yes. Right? Yes. The trickster yes. character. The tri- yeah. The yeah. trickster, the hider. Oh, what if yeah. you get the deceiver with the virgin card or something. And then we start to put them together. And yeah, and they don't direct our books. We direct our books, but they do give us those jumping off points for when mm-hmm. we're stuck or when we don't know how to expand on something. I think that's really beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it also opens it up so that your characters don't all be the same yes. kind of person. So like, for example, I can't write all introverts. So <laughs> So my, in fact, my, my protagonist, Estrada is very much an extroverted, crazy pants, right? And (laughs) so, you know, I have to kind of go to another place to be him. So, you know, I'll I'll look through Myers-Briggs sometimes and go like, okay, I think he's an ESTJ or something. Um, Because he's very sensory too, right? He's, that's just who he is. And so you have to push into different personality types to make it happen too. Otherwise, we end up with a dozen of ourselves running around in one book. And it gets boring. Really, really, really boring. So <laughs> yeah. boring. <laughs> yeah. And then we have characters that are always easy for us to write. I think that I am not, I am not flip and edgy. I'm not ironic that way. But my characters often land on the page first that way. And I've always got to kind of massage them into what they're supposed to be. Mm. Oh, fabulous. So when you get together with other writers... Mm-hmm. What is the thing that you always want to talk about with them? What are you most fascinated by? Oh my gosh, that is an interesting question. I think just what they're doing. Um, yeah. Like with what's the, what's their book about? Like what are they writing about? Yeah, and all the issues that we have. <laughs> <laughs> because we do have a lot of issues. I know. I was actually just online and somebody said they were doing this author, authors among us thing. And I said, how do I get to do that? (laughs) You know, so then we were messaging back and forth like that kind of thing. I think there's a lot more networking going on now. Isn't that the best thing, though? Mm -hmm. Um, I've I've frequently mentioned this, but in the data guy author earnings summary, like two years ago, they had a direct correlation. They proved a direct correlation between the amount of money writers make and the amount of networking they do, Mm -hmm. which is super interesting to me. And it makes so much sense because now if I need to know anything about druidry (laughs) on the, you know, the, the Northwestern coast, 
I know who to call because we connected, you know? I don't know how that mm-hmm. would actually make me money anytime soon, but <laughs> you that, never know. This is a question that's um that's just out of the blue, but how do you use magic in your writing? How do you use these things that you study? Oh, well, that's that's a good question actually. So it's a Wicca coven to start with. Uh-huh. And and so I write rituals for them. So they they do these amazing rituals out in the woods locally um, near where I live. And, um, and that actually came about because I actually saw a ritual thing going on out there one day. Just by happenstance you saw many years ago. Yeah. I heard some people out in the woods and, and, and there was this big circle of people and they were chanting something about Diablo. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And so I decided this is a really good place for my coven to come and do the rituals. So they do some pretty elaborate, um, drawing down the moon and they do all kinds of Wicca things and they raise energy and they dance naked under the moon and, and they do all sorts of things like that. Um, then I, when I have them travel, they also do the same thing. So when I, when I had them in Scotland and Ireland, they were also bringing down the gods. So I love that you use it actually, like that. And that you're actually writing the spells for them. That must be so, yeah, so writing fun. The- yeah, I write the invocations and I write the spells. I use pendulums. Um, so all the tools that I like normally use in my life, mm-hmm. tarot card readings, like they do that. Uh, they do all of that when they're solving murders. So, yeah, so they're not the kind of bewitched, you know, blink and <laughs> that kind of magic. It's it's real magic that I believe we can all do because I'm an energy worker and they're energy workers. And I think that we can do this. I think, you know, Wicca means to bend and to shape energy. I did not know that. Oh, that's what it's about. Yeah. So that's what you're doing when you're, you know, putting, putting your intention into a spell or you're invoking something, then that's what Wicca is about. It's exactly what we do when we write books, right? We are bending energy and creating intention with our words to create something that didn't exist before, to create a world. Yeah. That's Isn't really- it fun? Yes. It's like thinking goddesses. Yes. <laughs> and then I go out into traffic and I'm like, I can control none of this. This is, you know, <laughs> I want to go home where I can control what's on the page. <laughs> Ah, but then you have to you have to learn to do some of the, so the interesting things like you know covering yourself in a waterfall and I need you know, to learn how to do that conjuring conjuring your parking space you know spirit guide so you've always got a spot yeah I need I need books on this I'm I'm opening a door <laughs> to things that I have never looked into before and it's super fun uh-huh. super fun I'm doing some cool classes right now I'm doing uh, a psychic development class and mediumship which has been really interesting yeah mediumship is so fascinating to yeah. me um i went to i went because i am exploring this year the things that i don't understand that's one of my focuses this year uh, my sister and i went to see a medium reading and mm-hmm. it was truly crazy like mm-hmm. the i was blown away with what she didn't speak to us but um the things she was saying to other people were wild what is that well I know this is not about writing but what is that like I just started doing this in January yeah. and right from the beginning when I first sat down to do it it was it blew me away because I was just 
it came really naturally. And I, I closed my, I was working with somebody in front of me, the sitter, and I closed my eyes and I, they showed everything on a screen because I'm very visual. Mm. So, and I write visually too, mm -hmm. like a film. So I'd say, I'm seeing this. And I would describe what I'm seeing and, oh, I'm seeing this now. And who's this person? And then I'd hear, oh, it's your, oh, it's a great grandmother. Oh, it's an uncle. And they'd be going, yes, yes. And, and so the idea with mediumship is that you, you see, you tell exactly what you're seeing. You, you don't put a spin on it. And then that's the evidence. And then hopefully, you know, it's, it's something they understand. Um, yeah. I got into the, I got into this basically because I'd never done mediumship, but I, the next, the book I'm re working on right now is a paranormal suspense. And the girl, her ability to be a medium gets triggered by a very tragic event that happens. And suddenly she's seeing dead people all over the place. And I, I thought, Oh, I wonder what that's about. How does that work? And so that's why I went to it. And then I found out, Oh, I can actually do this. That must have felt so odd. Yeah, it and was cool. great. Yeah, <laughs> and exciting. It is, yeah. Oh, that it is. is. That's really neat. I like it, yeah. And um, I've connected with a lot of my ancestors. Yeah. Wow. They're just. In fact, I connected with two uncles that I didn't know had passed. I'm like, that can't be that person because that person's still alive. And then... I phoned and they're like, not alive. <laughs> I went, oh, it is that person. See, mm -hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, but I'm sorry for your loss as well. I don't need, oh. need to get excited about that. <laughs> that was so rude. <laughs> you know what the great thing about it is? That they're never really gone. That is, that is really nice. You know what? It's so comforting. And I would love to be able to help people with that. Mm -hmm. And to be able to say, look, they're not gone. They're, they're around us all the time. I want to believe that. And in a good way, not yeah. like a, you know, spooky Stephen King kind of way. No, I, I feel my mom around. That's that's where my belief in yeah. any any of this comes from, because she is definitely around sometimes. Definitely. Mm. No doubt. <sighs> okay, so what is the best book you've read recently that you'd like to tell us about? Let me see now. Well, I did just finish Kelly Armstrong's last Rockton book, and it's the fourth one in her series. She's a Canadian writer. I don't know. Who her. I love. She writes urban fantasy, very prolific. And then she writes this fabulous series about this town in the Yukon where people get sent, well, they have to apply to go there when they need to go missing from the world. <laughs> and so, yeah. So what a great idea. Imagine, yeah, being in a town full of people that you don't know their background, but you know that they're there because they had to go from down south and hide out in this Yukon town. And and it and it basically centers around Casey Duncan, who's a sheriff, who is herself killed somebody and is is in there for that reason. I love about that, that as a writer, she set herself up for life with that structure, right? She will always be able to write about the people coming to that town. Yeah. That's but the is. really cool thing is, I'm actually going to a conference with Kelly Armstrong. <laughs> yeah, in two weeks. And, she, and I'm doing a master class with her. And, and I'm doing a blue pencil with her. So she's going to look at my writing. I'm very excited about this because I've reviewed all four of her books. Oh, how cool. Yeah. So Where, that's, where's the conference? That one is in Burnaby. It's called Creative Inc. Oh, oh I've heard about that one. I, I yeah. heard something about that. And when we were at Surrey, in fact, maybe you mentioned Yes. That. Yeah. 
So tell us about you. Where can we find you? Tell us about your books. Do the do yeah. the opposite of the introverted part now. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I have a website. I am bluehavenpress.com. And Blue Haven Press is my indie press. This came up with this is my little Blue Haven here. And uh, so that's that's where I am. So I have that website. My books are on there. I have three books here. Should I show them to you? Sure, for people oh, who are right? listening on I'm the excited. Most people do listen, but show show briefly for people who are watching on the video. Yeah, well, I'm excited about these because I just had them all recovered and they came out as a series this year. And the covers are gorgeous. Yeah, so To Charm a Killer is the first one. And that one is in British Columbia and Ireland. The whole back half is in Ireland, which is fun. To Sleep with Stones, um, which takes place in Scotland. Mm. And we're trying to, yeah, with the standing stones and we're trying to get a, one of the, one of the Hollystone boys got in prison for murder. And uh, so Estrada had to go and get him out. Nice. Okay. And then the last one is to render a raven. And it is a journey up the BC coast in a yacht, basically, where they're following the trail of a vampire who has stolen Estrada's baby. Like, that, real little baby. Oh, no. Yeah, on that, her first birthday. That sounds wonderful. Also, you can tell that you're a poet by your titles. They're just so, so beautiful. Oh, thank you. You're very welcome. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it has just been such a pleasure to see you again and to chat with you. Yeah, thanks, you too. Thanks for talking about your process and for sharing these tips and tricks with us. And I hope that I get to see you again in real life and maybe experience some of that mediumship from you. Yeah. Are you coming to Surrey? Uh, I don't think I am this year. No. Are you going to be there? I am going to be there because we were going to sing, you know, at the karaoke. <gasps> That's right. Why right? didn't I do that that night? I think I had a headache or something. I think I was fighting a migraine because I am oh. all about karaoke usually. And well, I found out that you sing. So, and I sing. So I thought that this would be a really good chance for us to be the Judds. <laughs> oh, that's right. I right? love the Judds. Okay. I love the so, Judds. And I can we, we, sing. We them. have to do that. Okay. That's a plan. It's a, we're, it's a deal. <laughs> All right, my friend. It's so nice to see you. Happy so nice writing you. and thanks for chatting. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.